Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're telling you what mattered most from the regular season finale, week 18 in the NFL. Oh man, is there so much to get to. We've got playoff spots that are locked up. We've got draft positions that are locked up. And we're, of course, going beyond the box scores as well. We're going to tell you what mattered most in a short-term and a long-term view from every single game that we saw on Saturday as well as Sunday. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell, the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikma. That is Connor Rogers joining you on a Monday for what matters most. Finishing the 2022-2023 NFL regular season. Connor, we got takes, baby. We got playoff spots locked up. Well, not technically because I guess we are recording this podcast. While Packers-Lions is still going on. So that was a little bit up in the air, but we got most of the playoff picture figured out. A lot of the NFL draft picture figured out. Buddy, we're not going to have any shortage of things to talk about today. How you doing, my friend? Dude, I'm good. It felt like everything happened at once, right? You had the number one pick war. Dude. You had playoff seating galore, especially in the AFC. Uh, not just seating, but teams with their lives on the line. You could even say that, you know, of course, across some of the NFC, you had some odd decision-making going on. We got to see Sam Howell today, which was really cool. It was awesome. Um, it was awesome. And... And then, I mean, we had games Saturday, too. Obviously, we're going to start there, of course, too, because those were were really, really impactful. But it was a a great finish to the NFL regular season. Let's just start it off, man. We got so many games that we got to get to, so many games that matter that we at least need to touch on. Chiefs end up getting the one seed. We're going to go back to Saturday's game to start things off. Chiefs get the one seed. They defeat the Raiders 31-13. to No Jarrett Stidham magic in this one like we had the week before when he took the San Francisco 49ers down to the wire. It was business as usual for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, there was a lot of uh, hubbub of what was going to happen with the AFC playoff picture given the new stipulations that the league voted on on Friday. But ultimately, it was like, hey, you know, if the Chiefs win, if the, if the Bills win, if the Bengals win, I know Bengals fans, it's still, they they didn't have a chance to get the two seed, I know. But essentially, it worked out exactly the way we thought with all those three teams winning. But what do you think about this game here, the Chiefs winning against the Raiders in the finale? To me, what really I took away from it is just how loose they were, Trevor. I think this is a team that they've been here so many times before, going into the postseason with mammoth expectations. They close out the year with their 14th win. They have a 7-2 and record on the road. And they just, they looked so loose out there. And yes, mm-hmm. they have their flaws. They're not a perfect football team. They're not entering the postseason where everybody's going, Who? how are people going to beat the Chiefs, right? But when you look at the level Mahomes is playing at, he, he takes the record for most yards from a quarterback. I know it was the combined rushing and passing yards. Not um, bad. Um, not bad. He had a shot. At the at Peyton Manning's passing yard single season record, but you know, quite frankly, the Chiefs just didn't need to rear back and try to have him throw for 430 yards in this game. So, for me, uh, ultimately, the Raiders have a lot of work to do, and and we'll get into them when we really dissect that franchise, which could truly be a whole show. Mm-hmm. But for the Chiefs, for me, I mean, to me, they are the scariest team in the postseason, and I think they have an energy right now where they have no fear. And that I personally will not be picking against them for the entire postseason just because of the experience of Andy Reid 
obviously the leadership of Patrick Mahomes. You got like a guy like Chris Jones on the defensive side of the ball. We saw some young players step up in this game as well. It just that's what matters most is that I I personally think the Chiefs are the best team in football right now. Uh, I I would I would cop out that statement and say that they are one of the best because you look at how uh, Buffalo played this past Sunday. Uh, you look at how the the Cincinnati Bengals have been playing down the stretch. I mean, those are the three teams it feels like are in that top yeah, tier. I would agree. The AFC, but uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how it all shakes out. How the uh, Chiefs end up going about their playoff journey now that they have the number one overall seed. Something that mattered most to me, you mentioned how loose the Chiefs looked, how controlled they looked. I love the fact that it only took 202 passing yards for Patrick Mahomes in this game for them to score 31 points. Right, Isaiah Pacheco, I've been talking about this a couple of weeks now. I want to see the Kansas City Chiefs be able to lean on the run game. Pacheco, 64 yards, eight carries. Obviously, you got Ronald Jones involved there as well. Ronald Jones had a 4.5 yards per carry average. Pacheco had an 8 Zero Mahomes himself, three carries for 29 yards, almost 10 yards per carry there. And, and then you just look at the receivers as well. Travis Kelsey, seven targets, six catches. Drew Smith-Susser, two for two. Valdez Scantling, six for three. Kadarius Tony, two for two. Justin Watson, two for one. McKinnon was two for two. They're just spreading the ball all over the place. You know, it's not even the fact that they have the golden arm at quarterback. It's that He's clearly very comfortable attacking different levels of the field, attacking all sorts of different defenses with basically every pass catcher they have. It's not just like, oh, look at the chemistry that he has with Travis Kelsey or, you know, if we turn back the clock a little bit, combine Travis Kelsey with Tyree Kill. And that's why a lot of people in the offseason were like, oh, what's the, what are the Chiefs going to be? No Tyree Kill. He was focused so much on Hill, on Kelsey, on those guys getting a lot of stats. Now he's spreading the ball out a lot more. And guess what? Uh, he, this, this Chiefs offense is still incredible. I will mention before we move on to the next game, Raiders, number seven overall pick in the NFL draft officially, but we will get to that and talk about that a lot more um, when we get into the Wednesday episode of the uh, refreshing the draft order with the final draft order for the non-playoff teams. Anything else on the Raiders before we move on? No, like I said, they're, they're, you know, obviously out of the picture, they're a huge, huge franchise for this show because of their draft implications. And mm-hmm. and they need a full, they full dissection that's I'm almost going to take 30 to 40 minutes, in my opinion. The Jacksonville Jaguars, our Jags, baby, 20 to 16, down to the wire. It took a defensive touchdown for them to take the lead yeah. at home. But the Jags win the AFC South. Tennessee Titans ended the game on, or ended this one seven game losing streak a game what was it i think it was a seven game losing streak on the season for the tennessee titans they went from seven and three at one point they finished seven and ten so this is just brutal i know they didn't have their quarterback i know they're banged up um josh dobbs was starting again in this game and he hadn't been any he he wasn't even the quarterback on the roster for uh, the entire year so this was a brutal one for tennessee it's been a brutal second half of the season they're now oh and eight against teams that had above 500 record, which is a tough pill to swallow for the team that finished with the best record in the AFC last year. But um, Connor, Titans or Jags, what was your what matters most here in this one? It was on the Jacksonville side. And while this one felt like it was a lot harder than it had to be, right, against Josh Dobbs mm-hmm. um, and that Titans offensive they line. They definitely made it harder than it needed to be. Like, it was scary hours for a pretty long time. I was like, oh, my God, they're really – the Titans are really going to pull this off. Mike Vrabel just finds a way – what mattered most to me in this game was nothing to do with Jacksonville's offense or Trevor Lawrence and his rise or the coaching. Uh, it's just the full breaking out of defensive identity pieces for the Jags offense that, in my opinion, are headlined by Tyson Campbell and Josh Allen, right? Sure. I-, I thought 
Josh Allen was unblockable in this game. Um, if you've listened to the show, you know we've highlighted Tennessee's need for offensive line. And you watching this game, you probably saw it really quick. I even had a couple people tweet at me. They're like, you've been talking about Dennis Daly all season. Like, I didn't realize till now. But at the end of the day, Josh Allen took over in this game. I think he had seven overall pressures. Two of those were quarterback hits. And then Tyson Campbell has been a very consistent player in coverage for them this season. So Jacksonville, I look at them and go, could they use a piece on the line? And they'll have Calvin Ridley coming back, and they got to figure out Evan Ingram's contract. Like, But their offense isn't something that you look at, especially with Doug there, and you're like, they need this, they need that, they need this. It's just going to grow like a plant. Like You're just going to keep... Hmm, good metaphor. Beating Trevor Lawrence, and he's just going to get better steadily with those pieces around him. The defense, I didn't feel like I could say that for a long time about this team. They've had some real duds. And you look around them and you go, okay, there's some talent. I like Devin Lloyd. I like Chad Muma. Um, but they really needed guys to grow. And, you know, I saw that Trayvon Walker as a first-round player. I just thought it was a reach as number one overall pick, and I thought he had moments mm-hmm. in this game. But Campbell and Josh Allen, in my opinion, need to be their identity guys. And when they needed them most, I thought they they answered the bell. Harden Key, too. Harden Key Harden, coming up. I mean, that was a great value signing. He, yeah. he was really, really good for the 49ers. I like that as a value signing, and he had a really nice game. What matters most to me is Trevor Lawrence now gets playoff experience, right? I, I don't think the Jags are going to beat the Chargers. Chargers are their first matchup. Although, I, I think it's... We'll get there. I mean, it is a de- it is a decent matchup it's, for, it's for the Jags, right? It is winnable. But you know, you look at Trevor Lawrence in this game. His back was against the wall, right? It was win and you're in, win and you get the division title. And I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence didn't make throws in this game. He did, but he left a good amount of throws out there. He he left some throws out there, especially you, you know you pinpoint that throw to Zay Jones, which could have been a touchdown, which could have totally changed the game. You got to have that. Franchise quarterbacks got to have that. I I remember that throw got made. He overthrew Zay Jones in the back of the end zone. And my immediate first thought was Joe Burrow would never, would never. And I, you know, that's kind of the bar. That's what I'm looking for Trevor Lawrence to be. He has that incredible arm talent. You just got to be an assassin with it. You've got to, that's the next step to being a franchise quarterback. That's when you really have control over this offense and you've solidified the fact that this team could be a playoff team every year when you become that type of a quarterback when you are automatic on those throws that you really need and I just thought it was a it was a I'm gonna be honest it was a decently shaky game for Trevor Lawrence in a winner go home kind of environment I love the fact that they did win in the end because one he gets that game and it's kind of the jitters really of all of that playoff pressure now off of him. Now they get to host a playoff game. It's back in Jacksonville. You'd love to see it. And I can't wait for him to get to throw the football under those lights of the playoffs and that be in his resume. And that be what he gets to have going into the season, whether they win a game or not getting him in the playoffs is going to be crucial for his development because he knows what it's like. It's not just going to be this, um, He's on a bad Jags team that never makes the playoffs, right? Hopefully they're making the playoffs um, on a consistent basis. And so him getting this playoff experience, I think, is, of course, what matters most. No, it's it's spot on. I, I really I'm with you as well. Even if it wasn't on the back of him in this game, his turning the corner moment of the season is what led them to winning a winning the division. So you're right. Even if they get knocked out right away, Trevor Lawrence going to the postseason you don't ever want that narrative to grow, right? Where it's year four, Trevor Lawrence, like is Jacksonville good enough around him to make the playoffs? Now you just kind of nip that in the bud and take care of business. You want to get into Sunday here, Trevor, and start with the um, 
you know, the one that I think had the most hype with Bills Patriots. Sure. And, yeah. and sure, the spread was seven and a half in favor of Buffalo. So a lot of people expected Buffalo to come out inspired. And boy, did they ever with two touchdowns, a kick return to open the game. It is amazing. I give New England credit. They really hung around maybe even a little better than I expected them totally. to in this in this game, considering yes. all the emotions at play. It's Say it with Buffalo. your chest. Say it with your chest. You take away those two kick return touchdowns and Buffalo is right, right. I mean, New England is yes. right there in that game. You take 14 points off the board, even if you sub one of them with three. Right, you get it's it's twenty four twenty three on the scoreboard. New England absolutely say say it with your chest. New England showed up in this game. Sure, but now I will go full Lion King and throw them off the cliff because okay. my what matters most is that the Bills now own Bill Belichick since two thousand twenty. The Bills during the regular season mm-hmm. are five and one against Bill Belichick. Ooh. And do I have to tell you? Obviously. Um, when you get into the postseason last year where they throttled them 47 to 17. So that that the five and one isn't even counting the postseason demolition. But I mean, I've watched the AFC East my whole life. Okay. I've seen a couple different eras, but for most of my life as a football fan that knew what was going on, the Patriots have owned this division with mm-hmm. Bill Belichick. Sure. This is Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills division. And you can say it now where to the, you know, these last years aren't fluky. Nobody said that. But now when you really package these three years together and look at this, I don't want to say statement, but considering all the emotions from that week and just who the Bills are as a whole, Mm -hmm. they now in this, you know, it'll come up on a half decade real quick, own New England. And I don't see that changing in the next year or two as New England enters an offseason where they have so many questions to answer. And sure, I could save that statement for like the Jets and the Dolphins are well below the Bills, but nobody cares about the Jets and the Dolphins. It's always been the Patriots. And now it's time for us to completely move aside and say that the Bills have knocked off a narrative that existed for the better part of 15 plus years. That's a great point. Bills are currently the two seed. They're going to get the two seed in the AFC. Their first round opponent is going to be the Miami Dolphins. Obviously another interdivision matchup that they get to play in the postseason. This one's going to be in Buffalo. Dolphins are just, they're, they're not the same team that they were in the, in the middle of the season. I, they're I limping think the, everywhere. Yeah. yeah I, I think the, the bills are going to handle this one. And my, my, what matters most is the bills took an incredibly emotional week for so many reasons. And um, obviously the the wonderful news about Tamar Hamlin and how he is recovering certainly goes into this, but they slingshotted that energy, man. And you could just feel it there. And and that's something that I think you could absolutely ride into the postseason. They're playing next week. They don't have the buy. So it's just, they they get to continue to ride off that high. And I think this team is going to be absolutely dangerous. You, you, you talked about the chiefs being the most dangerous team and a team that you want wouldn't want to bet against. I agree with you in a lot of ways, but it's going to be hard for me to bet against the Bills too, right? Especially if it's Bills Chiefs AFC Championship neutral site game for that game if both of them make the AFC Championship. So they're just firing on all cylinders. They're taking that motivation that uh, uh, what has turned into a wonderful story now um, with Demar Hamlin's recovery. And uh, I think that they're going to be an incredibly motivated team going into the postseason, especially as the two seed getting to play back in Buffalo next week. Uh, what's the next matchup you want to hit? Vikings bears admittedly. Huh. Yeah, I know. 
admittedly one of the games <laughs> yeah i know all right i know i know the admittedly the Bears did it, baby. Yes. They got the number one overall pick. I mean. Improbable. We talked about this scenario weeks ago. And you looked at the, I literally said to you, I said, look at who the Texans play the final week of the season in the state of that Colts team. And look at how awful the Bears have been for the better part of three months. And then when it came out, Justin Fields wasn't playing in this game. It was all but a layup. Not only not only Justin Fields, but they they started Nathan Peterman in this game, right? The Chicago Bears. Peterman goes eleven for nineteen with one hundred and fourteen yards and a touchdown, and they go not good enough, baby. We're putting Timmy Boyle in. Tim, get in there. Two for eight, thirty three yards, two picks. A tank commander that we have not seen. We have not seen this level of commanding the tank. Unbelievable. Houston couldn't get the message. I guess we'll talk about Houston next. But before well, we they get... did, they had an inside agent. We'll get to it. Yeah, but okay. So I mean, what was your? Did I did I miss your? What matters most here? I mean, I no. You you. What else could it be? You didn't have to watch this game to have the what matters most. What matters most is Chicago is picking first overall in the draft, and Crazy. they have a buffet of options. They can trade that pick. They get auctioned off for a ton of picks. Something that I'm a little more skeptical of than the general public. That's assuming that. But they can take Will Anderson, the best player in the draft, and finally get that star on defense they need mm-hmm. for Matt Eberflus. I mean, the, the options are endless. The options are endless. You are, and we won't do it on this pod, but I'm warning everybody, you are also going to hear headlines such as, should the Bears consider taking Bryce Young number one overall? And it's obviously not something we're considering, but I'm warning everybody that this discussion will, the door is now open for this discussion. So the what matters most is the Bears are picking number one overall. This mm-hmm. team can get a lot better, whether that's around Justin Fields, with they trade for a ton of picks and, get offensive pieces around him. Uh, Don't forget they have a second rounder they need to replace because they decide to trade the first pick in the second round for Chase Claypool, whatever. Uh, But adding Will Anderson would be truly tremendous. A game changer for the Bears. They got a late second round pick for the Roquan trade, but still not not ideal. Um, Trading the extremely early second rounder. And uh, Roquan's really good. So and Roquan is really good. Now I I don't want to get too much into the draft scenarios with Chicago because we're going to get into that a ton on the Wednesday episode yeah. of the podcast. What are your thoughts on Minnesota? Uh, Minnesota is now the three seed. They'll play the uh, New York Giants in the wild card Pesky round. Giants. This is a team. Th- this game between the Vikings and the Giants went down to the wire um, not too yeah. long ago, a couple weeks ago. It, it took a last second field goal for the Vikings to win that game. I, I think the Vikings can still make some noise, man. I what think time is the game being played? And I'll give you my answer. Okay, great. Great point. Great point. I don't think we know that yet. Um, but, you know, I, I still think that the Vikings are a really good team. Uh, the what matters most is obviously that Chicago's picking number one overall from this game. But I do think that the Vikings are a good football team. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be just this pushover that everybody can write off. You know, if they win this upcoming weekend against the Giants, They'll probably end up playing the 49ers in San Francisco. Admittedly, not a great matchup against the hottest team in the NFL. But I, I just I wanted to say I don't think this Vikings team is one that you can that you can write off as easily as uh, some people might want to, just because of the Kirk Cousins narratives and just everything about the Vikings over the last couple of years. I still think they're a good team. No, I'm glad you said it. I mean, Minnesota, a, a remarkable entry year for Kevin O'Connell and yes. that staff. They've, yes. they've done so many good things. And 
I'm excited to see what they can do in the playoffs. So they match up that you would call, you know, ideal, but we also know it took what a 60 yard field goal last time to finish business against that New York Giants team. That's just a pain in the butt. So it's it that's actually quietly going to be one of the most interesting games of the opening of the playoffs. Let's move to Bucks Falcons, Trevor. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know how I can really have a Bucks takeaway from this There's game. Not. I don't right. There's okay. Not. I don't want force, to make sure don't that force it. There's not. <laughs> no, I, I didn't want to. And I'm glad you just uh gave me a little more confidence there. I think for the Falcons, honestly, why I don't I didn't find him remarkable since he took over a quarterback. I think Desmond Ritter did enough where he should go into next summer with a chance to win the job. And mm-hmm. I say that even with the thought of, let me pull up our old friend tankathon.com, the Falcons picking uh, eighth. So the pa- Falcons are currently picking eighth in the draft, which very well could be CJ Stroud, Will Levis. Things get crazy. Maybe Anthony Richardson. I- I'm just saying the Falcons are in position where they could theoretically take a quarterback. But when you name those guys, I don't really have the inkling or the excitement to just throw them into the fire. And it's nice to have Desmond Ritter on the roster where, right. once again, I wasn't admittedly overly high on Ritter in the draft. I Even from watching what he's done, I think he's made some throws, and I think he's been okay. But he didn't stink, and he didn't look lost, especially after that first start, where he deserves that shot going into summer to build on this with a better offense second year in Arthur Smith's system um, where I I think that really matters a lot to Atlanta, putting all bias aside. Yeah. Look, I was very impressed with three rookie performances from the Falcons here to end this, this, uh, this regular season for them. Yeah. The skill guys are awesome. Desmond Ritter, obviously through his uh, first and second touchdown pass of the season, which was great to see Uh, played really well in the second half, especially again, when he really got into the game, it felt like he was very, very comfortable, which was great. I thought he had a really good second half. Tyler Algier, 24 carries, 135 yards, 5.6 yards per carry average. Love Algier. Love that he's getting the feature role in this offense. Good to see them feeding him and then drake london as well eight targets six catches 120 receiving yards look you throw a healthy kyle pitts in there hopefully getting utilized a little bit more than he was at the beginning of the season this year you're drafting another skilled player somewhere in the passing game and all of a sudden you're all right and and i think that the uh what matters most is falcons obviously getting a win here but the rookies looked good the rookies looked good for this team I still think I'm probably leaning defense for that first pick with the Falcons just because they desperately need it. They really need a big-time defensive playmaker. I know this has been a popular spot for Jared Verse, which, holy cow, Jared Verse going back to school. We haven't talked about that yet. Did not see that one coming. Earthquake. Did not see that one coming, but no longer a target for the Falcons at eight, but certainly some edge rushers, some defensive linemen, I think could really help out. Maybe corners as well could really help out this team. So I, I thought I thought the Falcons looked good. There's nothing really to take away with Tampa Bay. I mean, they weren't even playing their starters. Kyle Trask played. <laughs> Yay. Great. Second round picked, mister. Uh, sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> Technically, you are correct. You are correct. Ravens, Bengals. Bengals went 27 to 16. Wasn't close. 16. Yeah, this You're was right, not man. nearly as close as the final score. Not no, nearly. this game was 24 to 7 at the half and just kind of went into this ugly snail fest in the second half. Wow, which Isaiah likely had 13 targets, eight receptions, 103 yards. I didn't realize, I didn't realize he had 13 targets. Damn. Force feeding the guy. That's Shoot. pretty insane. 
I mean, Anthony Brown somehow dropped back 44 times in this game. So they didn't play Dobbins in this game. They obviously didn't play Lamar Jackson. Did Mark Andrews play? I, it I don't think he did. He doesn't have a look stat. Like, I'll pull up the snaps. He obviously didn't get any targets in this game, but it does not look like it. Uh, Mark Andrews inactive. Tyler Huntley inactive. It felt like Baltimore went into this game just kind of understanding yeah. the situation. Which was uh, interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. Like, if you win, you've got a chance for a coin flip to host against the Bengals, right? Yeah, and they just – you never want to say – well, obviously they didn't hold Lamar out. They're – Nobody really understands what's going on there. Well, I guess the the Chargers lost, right? I'm not an idiot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Chargers lost. So I cannot wait to get into that game, but we got, I know we got to do this first. So if the Ravens would have won, they would have jumped them and the Ravens would have been five. So I guess technically, if they won this game and the Chargers didn't win, then they would not have had the coin flip to be at home but still I, I just felt like it was a little bit weird um my one matters most not to step on your toes no please go ahead Bengals are hot baby Bengals they're, are they're bang, scorching Bengals are about it this is absolutely a team that is still peaking at the right time and a team that can make another super bowl run i 100 believe it and my hand is up i didn't believe it at the beginning of the year i thought the Bengals were going to take a step back i thought the Bengals were going to miss the playoff by just one game i didn't think they were going to be a terrible team but i did think that it was going to be a regression of a year mm-hmm. uh they look awesome again 12 and four, obviously AFC North champs. They're going to host the playoff game against the, the Ravens. Even with Lamar Jackson, I, th- I think the Bengals win that one again. So I think the Bengals are going to be off to Buffalo in the second round to face off against the Bills. Um, and what's going to be a uh, incredible game that obviously we didn't even get to finish uh, a week ago. So it, this, it was, it was just going to be a Bengals love fest for me. This team's really damn good. And I think they have as good a shot as anybody in the AFC to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to argue that, which is the way they have played for, God, the better part. It feels like over two months right now for the Bengals, and yep. I'm, just pull, I'm just pulling up their calendar. Yeah, so the the Bengals, much like the Niners, have not lost since October. Incredible. I mean, they're just they're firing on all cylinders. What are they at home this year? Uh, let me look this up. They are six and one at home, including a canceled game against the Bills. Okay. They, I mean, yeah, they've just completely taken care of business since the month of November started. They slaughtered the Panthers. They beat the Steelers. They beat the Titans. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Browns. They beat the Bucks. They beat New England. And then, you know, they obviously beat Baltimore. So they're, they're just, they're a team right now that they don't even really remember what losing is like. And what I like, what I like about this team is that I I feel like when I watch them, when I watch the Chiefs and when I watch the Bills, as much as I still think the Chiefs are the team I fear the most, there's a lot of times where I watch those teams and I go, man, like they got superheroes at quarterback and they really call on that skill a lot. There's something mm-hmm. overly wrong with that, I think, because those guys are built for it. They're rare. The Bengals, I really think, have a quarterback like that in Joe Burrow, but I, I feel like they call on it less Sometimes I just think the Bengals are a more stout defensive team. Mm-hmm. I think that the skill talent they have is a is in abundance. Yep, they can grind out running games. So I guess what matters most, and I will I will say it. I really am still the most fearful of the Chiefs in this postseason. But I think I kind of lean with you that the Bengals are the most complete team, and I wonder how that plays. 
in the postseason road. Houston Texans, emphatic victory over the Indianapolis Colts. 32 to 31. Connor, it took a fourth and 20 conversion for a touchdown with less than a minute to go in this game, followed up by a giant double middle finger to the owner's box, two-point conversion after that for the Texans to win this game. The Texans have had the number one overall pick since October, right? Maybe September. I can't, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. But every single mock draft we've done, every single Wednesday episode, it feels like we're starting with the Houston Texans number one overall. Here we are. The final order for the non-playoff teams is set. And Houston blew it. They gave the number one overall pick to the Chicago Bears. It makes all our offseason a lot more fun because of the creativity that we get to have with some trades up to number one overall. But Connor... That's got to be what matters most in this game, right? I'm not even. I, I, I'm not even going to ask you. That's got to be what matters most. Yeah, I, I find it interesting how many people. I, I number one, the fourth and twenty. I just played it back again. I, it's like it's unbelievable how many defenders are in the area, and the ball just floats, floats through all of them, all of them. And then they cut right away to the the Colts fans in the stand with their heads down between their legs, which no, I mean, the, I mean, look, the Colts got exactly what they wanted out of this one, man. They got the, the number, it, they're they're number four, they're picking number four overall. A month and a half ago, they were oh. picking like fifteenth. So let's do that real quick. What matters most for the Colts is that they Jeff Saturday came in and did the job. Jeff Saturday got them into the top five, mm-hmm. mostly with incompetence and. The Colts awesome. stunk it up. Yeah. They are going. I do I get to say it one last time. Will Levis is a Colt. Well, so. Will Levis is a Colt. What do you mean one last time? Yeah, you're right. I could just keep doing it. it like 80 times. <laughs> I could do it the rest of Will Levis's career. Um, but on the Houston side, Trevor, I'd like to know what you think of this. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised that the reaction as a whole was it doesn't really matter that much. It doesn't really matter that much. From Houston, I, I think it matters a lot. No, I think I, it, uh, yeah, I think it matters. A lot. I, I thought Bryce Young, at number one to the Texans, it's just exactly what they need as a reset. And yeah, maybe the Bears take Will Anderson, and maybe the Texans just get Bryce Young at two, and it doesn't really matter. But now you have to deal with the Bears are going to talk to teams. The Bears are going to call you and tell you they're talking to teams and ask if you want to pick swap. Mm-hmm. It it made everything. And you know what? Honestly, it just feels like there's a, a still dysfunction in Houston. Like apparently, Lovey oh, Smith. Oh yeah. You have love. I mean, that's another thing. Is this a desirable place for people to work right now? In a sense of, is Nick Casario getting shown the door with Lovey Smith? Mm-hmm. Did these two ever really work together? Did Lovey ever really have a chance? Um, is Nick Casario the right guy for this massive, massive offseason ahead for them? I think what matters most is this seemed to open up so many more questions about the future of the Houston Texans compared to if they just got the number one overall pick. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, before the game came out, um, Pro Football Talk uh, put out a report that 
Casario and Lovey Smith could very well be out, not just Lovey. Uh, you know, Casario is there as well. And it is funny how the, I think the beginning of that article said Lovey Smith is kind of like auditioning for a second year's head coach. Well, actually, the way that they pulled it off, you would think that that would be positive for a second year's head coach, but um, lost in the number one overall pick. So I don't know how ownership actually feels about that one. I don't really know what happens with Houston. And again, I, I don't want to dig too much into it because we're going to talk about this a ton on the Wednesday show. But the, the this changes the draft landscape in a massive way, in a massive, massive way. And I'll save most of our conversation about the Texans for Wednesday, but for the Colts, certainly, uh, what a fantastic end of the season that you have had kind of collapsing to get a top five overall pick. Now you have a shot at, now it's not just this, well, I guess, do we, do we take Will Levis? Now it's a, okay, now you got a shot. Maybe it's CJ Stroud, Will Levis. Um, and, and at number four overall, you even now have a realistic shot to trade up to one. Right to go get Bryce Young if you really want. good Something point that we really thought was point. was unthinkable, and so I, I'll just I'll just say that and kind of save the rest of the conversation for for Wednesday's episode. But uh, yeah, that was my thoughts on this game. And as always, shout out to Roy Lopez. The shout out to Roy Lopez. Verify the, it, baby. Verify the goat. The right. Dolphins. Jets. Yes, Dolphins. Jets. This was the thriller uh, that we all been waiting for all day. Okay, waiting all so- day for Dolphins. Jets. That's how the song goes, as everybody knows. Final score to this game was 11-6. to six. Uh, I'm going to read off with you guys the quarter scores here. Uh, first quarter, 0-0. Second quarter, 3-3. Three three. Third quarter, we had an a- additional three added by the Miami Dolphins. And uh, in the fourth quarter, we got three for the Jets and five for the Dolphins. What an abysmal stat line for the scorecards. Uh, all right, Connor, what mattered most from this one? You want to know how well I know this team? On a day that they went into the game starting a replacement offensive line, they played a lot of their young guys on defense. Joe Flacco was under center. On SMY pregame, I, I have to do, as part of a segment we do, I have to make a same-game parlay. And I was like, guys, honestly, I put together this parlay. Since the Jets are playing all backups, the prop board is barren. I, here's the parlay, but it's it's my least favorite one of the season. I don't really care about this. I'll give you my best bet for the Jets in this game. My best bet was Greg Zerline over one and a half field goals. Oh, at brother, I had to put the mortgage on it. Come on. It's probably the only thing that hit besides me. Why didn't you text me that? I know. We could have been we could have been doing the podcast in mink. We could have been covered in mink. Oh, I know. With bubbly buckets of bubbly just everywhere. Oakley shades. Oh man. Gotta put the paycheck on it. It smashed. Uh it smashed. This game. So the Dolphins go to the playoffs. It boy, did it take a long road to get there. There was a, a wild phantom horse collar call at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh I mean just the officiating crew, I believe, was the same as the the Terry McLaurin. Am I on the line? Yes. Mm-hmm. Penalty. Didn't he, McLaurin like do the, the thumbs, thumbs up, up to him like twice, and he just yeah. stared at him? Or did he give yeah. him the thumbs up too? I can't McLaurin remember. McLaurin said in the interview he had the like indication that they were good. Mm-hmm. So he this crew, the, this crew is having him. one hell of a year. All that being said, I'm not saying the Jets didn't deserve to lose. And Mm -hmm. this is a meaningless game. Now the Jets are picking 13, whatever. The Dolphins go to the playoffs. They are limping into the playoffs. Um, 
What matters most for the Dolphins is that Mike McDaniel keeps his job. I found it truly absurd that there was legitimate rumors, it seemed. I think legitimate rumors. If they weren't legitimate, they picked up like wildfire that they were going to fire him if he lost this game. Oh, McDaniel? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That would have been a bad decision, in my humble opinion. I think that was one report that kind of like went crazy. It did it one of those. Yeah, Yeah. I think it was one. I mean, either way, you never know. Because everybody's reaction was exactly the same, right? McDaniel would be unemployed for 30 seconds. It felt that way. You know, it's like if he if he would have gotten if he would have gotten fired by Miami, if they lose this game and he gets fired, he'd be unemployed for 30 seconds. 30 seconds. So yeah. I don't really have a what matters most from this game. I guess the what matters most is the, uh, the Dolphins are in no way a serious playoff contender for me. I never felt that way. Um during this game at least. You know, at one point in the season it felt like they could have been a serious playoff contender, but they, yeah, that they went not, all in at the deadline. That they is not yeah, that, that is not coming to fruition. And um I think I said this last week, or maybe it was the year before. Dolphins fans know this has been frustrating, but the ebbs and flows, the roller coaster that has been this season is going to be a good thing in the long run for McDaniel. He started off really hot. His offenses started off hot, baby. They were they were all anybody could talk about. What a hire. Look at the points. Look at how they're using all these speed on the offense. And then I think defense has kind of figured it out a little bit. Obviously, two being in and out of the lineup definitely hurt that. But you learn. You learn what starting the season off with good offensive game plans is. You learn what defenses are doing to counter it in the middle of the season. And now he's got that experience going into the next year. So I think the Dolphins are going to be fine long-term. But this year, obviously, I don't think it's too much their year. Shout out Garrett Wilson, though. I, yeah, I think the, the 17 two little targets. 17 targets. 17. Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco reached a point in this game where he only threw to Garrett Wilson. And it was the right play. So I think... Wait a second. Hold on. What was Garrett Wilson's threat percentage in this game? Oh, God. Like 50%? It had, it had to be. Okay, let me look. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're pulling it up. We're pulling it up. Keep in mind, he has a phantom line. So his line says he caught nine passes for 89 yards. He actually lost, I think, 15 yards on the last play of the game where they lateral. So he went over 100 yards. So, he's, so, he, so he had, a, he had a, a true over 100 yards. Yeah. Threat was 54.8. Pretty rare stuff. Dude, Flacco was locked the hell in. Okay, all right, what's the next game? We got to move on. Yep, Panther Saints. Woo! I mean, uh, when I checked in on this game, Sam Darnold was two for eight Good win for, for I, think, I think, two yards and one pick. Oh, my God, Darnold's stat line. It didn't really get much better from there. It's five for 15, 43 yards and two picks. No. Yeah, Darnold came crashing back down to earth. How did the Panthers win this game? What? They ran the ball 41 times. Andy Dalton went 15 for 25, 171 yards. I didn't get a ton of eyes on this one. One touchdown. Alvin Kamara went over 100 yards. Chris Olave got 60 yards. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. Tyron Matthew had a a forced fumble. Andrew McDowell had a forced fumble. Tyron Matthew had an interception. Daniel Sorensen had an interception. How did the Panthers win this game? Just pure insanity. How did they, they win? Some of the ugliest football of all time. Sweet Jesus. That's amazing. Why? So I guess what matters most. Incredible. Why is my. Well done, Steve Wilkes. Yeah. Like, that, this... I think Steve. You think Steve Wilkes keeps his job? Um, No. Okay. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't. I think the Tepper wants to take a big swing because I think that's kind of. Yeah. It's tough to keep the interim when you're. Temper. I I heard Ooh, um bought a house, mind you, to bulldoze it. So 
uh, it came out. Jay Glazer said this beginning of the day. Panthers planning on interviewing Jim Caldwell and Frank Reich, as well as obviously they're going to consider Steve Wilkes, but Jim Caldwell I mean, and Frank Reich as the swing. two. No, those that's aren't those aren't as big of swings. Hey, man, Frank Reich's uh, a Panthers. I like Panthers Frank legend. Reich. That's He's not a Panthers a big legend. Swing. He's a Panthers legend. You watch out. Um, there were rumors about Jim Harbaugh potentially to Carolina, but then it kind of came out that those rumors were more of Jim Harbaugh's camp. Yeah, go the college route again. It worked so good the first time. (laughs) I don't want Jim Harbaugh in in Carolina anyways. Um, (laughs) yeah, I don't, the, the take from this one is Panthers had the ninth overall pick and Philly ends up with a top 10 pick. Uh, yeah. And Chris Olave was vastly underappreciated in the offensive rookie of the year race. Steve Wilkes got a team win with Sam Darnold having two interceptions and 43 passing yards. I mean, come were, on folks. Consider they, the man. Just they just keep running the ball. <laughs> Want to do Brown Steelers? Uh sure. My only big takeaway that I have from this one is Kenny Pickett and George Pickens are here to stay, baby. Yeah, brother. I think I think Kenny Pickett's had a really nice second half of the season. How has he lit the world on fire? No, he hasn't. But there have been plenty of moments that you have wanted to see out of a rookie year from Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think it's a really good building block for him going into next season. I think George Pickens is solidifying himself as a number one option on this team, certainly with Deontay Johnson as well. Need to get Deontay Johnson into the end zone next year. Since he literally did not get into the end zone one time this season, brother, did he, he make had, it to 150 targets without a touchdown? I think he did. He had 10 targets this game. I I really think he did. Deontay Johnson had 10 targets, two catches, 38 yards. Kenny, <laughs> I just complimented you. Lock it in, my guy. Lock he, it he in. He also dro- He had a lot of egregious drops. Yeah, Deontay. So not a ton to take away from this one. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers actually had a chance to make the playoffs down the stretch. They are, as it stands right now, picking 18th, which is the final cutoff number for the nine playoff teams. It is incredible that Mike Tomlin, once again, with this Steelers team, Connor, nine and eight, above 500. One of the greatest coaches. Crazy. One of the greatest coaches. But yeah, my what matters most. Love what I've seen from Kenny Pickett this year. Love the Kenny Pickett-George Pickett's connection. I think it's a massive one going into next year for the Steelers. Just to piggyback off your Pickett uh, selection, which I'm a big fan of. Kenny Pickett, since October, only threw one interception. That's that's really impressive for a rookie on a a not-so-great team. It's good good Kenny. They finished strong, but when you go to the Steelers, they're still kind of figuring out that line. They have targets. They have a good defense that got healthy, but had its its struggles for a long time because of the lack of health. One interception since October. It's really impressive. It's really impressive. And I'm with you, Trev. I think think now Kenny goes into the summer with a lot of confidence, and I think the confidence bounces back from the coaching staff and the team to him. Nope, and that's I, very, very important for the Steelers franchise. I definitely agree. Uh, you have any Browns Bef- takes? Not really. Um, Watson still. I Watson still not looking. Yeah, you just you, we just. I mean, throw it out this year. Just throw it out. I, the like, Browns certainly hope that you have to. You, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm not losing any sleep over Deshaun Watson struggling this year. But if you're the Browns, that's just what you got to do. They took the suspension. Are they going into next year? 
we'll see what Watson is next year for this team, but certainly aren't getting any tears from me uh, in, in that regard with the Browns. But I didn't have a lot of Browns takes this year. They just did. They were a team that they didn't have their quarterback for more than half of the season. And then when he got back there, he wasn't very good. So the team around him just yeah. was not very competitive. So the Browns all year long, if Browns fans are listening to this podcast, I'm sorry, we haven't had a lot of words to say about the Browns in the regular season, but it has been a forgettable season for them. Nick Chubb, another fantastic year. I definitely want to point that out. So salute to Nick Chubb. Obviously, Miles Garrett, absolute animal. That continues to be the same. Nothing's changing there. But we'll talk about draft needs and how this how this Cleveland Browns team get better um, during the draft. We will definitely get into that. Uh, before we here, go on, here's one for you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Did Chubb just have the quietest 1,500 rushing yard yes. year of all time? I agree. I yeah. really do. Yes. Yes. Insane. Man rushed for over 1,500 yards. Yeah. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Nobody, Nobody cared. Um, before we go to the next one, Connor, I have a question for you. I'm not answering. Speaking, speaking of Kenny Pickett, that's fair. What if you could have invested in Kenny Pickett's stock before this year, right? If you would have, your investment would have been worth over 400,000%. No, I'm just kidding. It wouldn't have been that high. But you'd definitely be cashing out because it would have been a middling bet at the beginning of the season before he was even starting. Now the young man is playing well. Now it's not a question of what if, but now it's a who's next, all right? Mojo, which is the all-new sports stock market, lets you invest in your favorite athletes and cash in on your passions. Sign up right now on the Apple App Store to get your first stock for free worth up to $10,000 if you hit it right. Over 300 players are listed on Mojo, so you can invest in rookies like Drake London, like Chris Olave, Rising Stars, like, um, oh man, who's who's, who's a good I, I just said two, I guess. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, those guys, those are definitely rising stars. Comeback candidates, guys like Saquon Barkley, guys who have the quietest 1,500 season of all time, and Nick Chubb, right? Everybody. Go long and make money when an underrated diamond in the rough breaks out or short sell an overrated rival and make some money if they flop, which is an interesting way to do it. Prices move with every play, every game, and every headline, so you can buy and sell instantly anytime all year long so the action never stops. Mojo is live in New Jersey, so download Mojo in the Apple App Store today to start turning your playmakers into moneymakers. Must be 21 years or older to use Mojo and located in the great state of New Jersey to make trades. If you got a gambling problem, help is available at 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit Mojo.com for more info connor where we're going next chargers broncos oh you said you can't wait to talk about this game go go off king (laughs) you're the best go off uh i just okay nothing could have came from this game for full clarity they had to know that going in because they played after the ravens Bengals. i'll start with the chargers obviously trevor what was brandon staley doing what, what the cat, I mean, the cat cow stretch a couple weeks ago, dude, it's great for the lower back. The <laughs> I understand if you came out in the first quarter and you wanted live action for your guys, yeah, and they went right down the field, Herbert, everything seemed fine. Mm-hmm. They were even handing Eckler the ball, which, once again, this really this is a meaningless game. Austin Eckler's been playing at a high level in this league for quite some time. I don't think mm-hmm. he needed carries, but that was the only time where I'm like, okay, I get why they brought their guys out, but you really have to hand Eckler the ball. And then it just kept going. And then guys started to get banged up. And I know Mike Williams, the early indication on him is that it's back spasms. Uh, MRI's, MRI is negative per Lindsay theory. But what what, what is going on? Like I don't know. What could I... have been going through his... Th- Trevor, this is... If something serious happened, it's borderline a fireable offense. So the Bucks did the same thing right against the Falcons 
the Bucs played their starters, or at least Tom, Tom Brady was out there, to start the game. And they did so because, clearly, the offense has been cheeks for most of the season. So it's sure. not like... It's not like, and that's a, you know, that's a, that's a scientific term there. Not sure you guys know about yeah, it, but yep. they use it, it a lot over in Europe. I, that was why you play them because you want the offense to get better. You want to kind of iron out some wrinkles going into the postseason. but Brady didn't play the whole game. And I felt like the charger starters played a little bit longer than they need to, but maybe it's just that maybe yeah. it maybe maybe it was a, Hey, the chargers play the Jags next week. They think they can beat them, but then that next game that they play, if they do so, is going to be probably against Kansas City. They want this offense to be as tip-top as it possibly can be, and maybe that was just the whole reason. Now, would I have played the starters? Probably not. No. If you don't have enough experience in 17 games, granted there were some in-and-outs with some injuries in the lineup. If you don't have enough experience in 17 games and your seat is locked, and you can't go anywhere. I'm at least resting the running back, right? I'm at least not letting That's off the neck kids. I get the Herbert drive out of the gate. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Joey hey, Bosa Her- got banged up. Herbert attempted 37 passes in this game. I if you didn't tell anybody the situation, they would think the Chargers are playing for the one seed watching this game. Uh the other thing that matters most in this one, uh, it was reported before the game's kicked off that the Broncos have requested and been granted permission to interview Sean Payton as their head coach, which is big because Sean Payton's probably going to have uh, his pick of basically any team in the NFL that he would want to go to. Now, you got to talk about compensation with the Saints because the Saints still own his contract. What goes into that? But certainly, if it feels like anybody's really going to be able to turn around Russell Wilson and make the most out of that massive investment in his contract— uh, there's a reason why the Broncos are going all in on the number one choice in the head coaching vacancy right now. So that is also a what matters most. Certainly does. I think for the Broncos, you take any good Russ performance um, as hopeful. And I thought this was one. I thought Russ looked like what they thought they were getting. Maybe it doesn't mean anything in a no stakes game, but all you can do with that contract and what you gave up for him. God, have you ever opened his pro football reference page? Who's Russell Wilson, Russell Carrington Wilson in nice. parentheses. Nice middle name. Mr. Danger, Unlimited. Dangerous, the yeah. asterisk, Mr. Unlimited or robot <laughs> Russell. Nobody calls him that. Nobody calls him that. It's like Prince Aladdin with Jimmy G. Nobody calls him that. <laughs> no, no, nobody calls him Just that. Just there on the page. Excellent I w- trolling. <laughs> I will say I'm very excited for Justin Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence next week. Hell very, yeah. Very excited for this young quarterback matchup. I think Chargers are going to win that game. I just wasn't super impressed with how Jacksonville was handling themselves last week, but maybe it was jitters that are going to be fully out of it. I'd love to see these two offenses go back and forth with each other. Certainly if, if, if most parties are healthy, I think the Chargers have the slight edge, but excited to watch two young arms in the game have a throw off next week in Jacksonville. Um, New York Giants. Yeah. Take it down to the wire against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts started in this game, played the entire game, and they did what they needed to be done. They secured the one seed. Now they get to rest Jalen Hurts, obviously, a week, so everybody gets the week off. They get to rest Lane Johnson another week. Everybody gets the week off. And the entire NFC playoffs run through Philadelphia. That is, of course, what matters most here for me. Giants, they didn't play 
anybody that's going to be no. a massive uh, difference maker in the <laughs> shout out Brandon Staley. Yeah, take um, a note. David Webb Probably started in this game. King Brian Dable. Hey, you know what? Can we shout out Kenny Galladay? Can we shout out Kenny Galladay? Incredible touchdown catch in this game. My guy got seven targets, had two catches, 30 yards, and one was a 25-yard touchdown near the end of the game to get it within onside kick distance in this one. So shout out Kenny Galladay. Very frustrating time in New York, but uh, nice way to end off the season for you, my guy. Trevor, did you know? No, probably not. (laughs) That was Kenny Galladay's first touchdown as a Giant. Damn it's tough. Did you see the uh the tweets that were going around this week where it was like Kenny Galladay needs just 76 catches against the Eagles to get his 75 <laughs> 750,000 bonus in his contract. So dumb, but it makes me laugh every time. Every time I laugh. Defensive. So, because you read it and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that was." And they're like, "Wait a minute." Anytime you read a like fully put together graphic that says needs just like you believe it, you know, like you're yeah. going to read the rest of it. You're just like, Oh, just, just 76 catches. Well, crazy. What? So the playoffs run through Philadelphia. Yep. The giants, I think out of all things they could have gotten probably feel pretty good about Minnesota. Yeah. Internally. You have to. Yeah. You have to. And one, like a mini last note on this game. You just wonder what can Brian, like what's the minimum Brian Dable can win with? Right. Or not, I don't want to say win with. I mean, he was close. This, this what can week. he be competitive with? He was close with Davis Webb. I know. Incredible. Davis friggin' Webb, who ran somebody over into the end zone. Um, let's do Cardinals 49ers before we do the other two. Because I just want to get Cardinals 49ers out of the way. 49ers yeah, I mean, lock up the two seed. Another the Blau three- Plow just plays again. <laughs> Like, what are we doing? The Arizona Snowblow. Yeah, uh, there we Brock, go. Brock Purdy, 15. I should I should have said the Desert Snowplow. God, that was bad. That's, we won, we had it. Ryan. Sorry. It's it a, you're worth shopping. Um, Brock Purdy, 15 for 20, 178 yards, three touchdowns. Two of them go to George Kittle. One of them goes to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Elijah Mitchell also had two touchdowns on the ground. My guy had five, uh, five attempts, and two of them were for touchdowns. Nothing really to talk about on – Arizona's side of the ball. You mentioned David Blau uh, starting a quarterback in this game. A.J. Green almost had 100 yards in 2023, imagine. The, what matters most for me for this one is, of course, the San Francisco 49ers getting the two seed. And then also a report that I saw that uh, Steve Kime could very well be out as general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, which is important because his team has the number three overall pick. I would think Cliff Kingsbury is also probably going with him, but maybe not. You know, long maybe, contract, but yeah, look, maybe, uh, maybe super handsome people just get all the luck. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he won't be out of it, but I feel like, I feel like he kind of should be, but he, he, he could certainly be back. But those are the two things that I thought mattered most. Aiden Hutchinson is just wreaking havoc right now. Is he? Green Bay. Yeah. He has two sacks in the first half, but damn, what a stud. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good for him. This game. I mean, yeah, you're right. This, I, I'm, there's two parts of me with San Francisco. There's the part of me that wonders, can this team win a Super Bowl, of course, right now? And then two, yeah. eh, two, I mean, we are really entering a Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy summer. And I think it's freaking fascinating. Mr. Irrelevant versus the guy they traded everything to get. No, you got to trade Trey Lance. I don't know if they're going to do that. 
No, I think they're going to let them go at it. Yeah, you're probably right. Rams, Seahawks, Seahawks. The Rams keep doing this to Seattle. They do it, though. They come out victorious in overtime, baby. This season started so thrilling for the Seahawks with their victory over Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. And the regular season finished just as thrilling with them knocking a field goal in there in overtime to clinch a playoff berth. This game was fun, man. Jalen Ramsey had two interceptions in this game. Geno Smith threw for over 200 yards. And I think in this game, Geno Smith broke the single season. He did. Passing record for Seattle. Seattle, which is incredible. record. Yeah, thinking how, how long Russ was there. Another incredible performance by Kenneth Walker. 29 attempts, 114 yards. They just lean on him and he continues to deliver. Big shout out to Cam Akers, who we weren't sure what his NFL was, career was going to be after his Achilles injury. Another 100-yard game, 21 attempts, 104 yards. Baker Mayfield, eh, didn't look great in this one, but we figured that this no. would probably be the end for Baker Mayfield. Um, what I do want to talk about as a what matters most, do you think Sean McVay's done? Yes. I, I thought al- that when... I also think he's done. When the whole coaching staff rumors started to heat up about guys leaving, and I, I think, I just think the Rams had all caught up to them real quick, and I think I think McVeigh's burnt out. Honestly, I really do. I think McVeigh's burnt out. McVeigh has his Super Bowl. McVeigh and Snead went all in, shot their shot last year, and it paid off in the biggest way, and it worked. And he's got a cushy uh, broadcasting job. Not to not to make that sound like broadcasting jobs are the easiest things in the world. Didn't mean to say that, but it's better, better than, than coaching. Than, but but coaching is just wild hours and everything like that. So he's already got a broadcast job lined up. And the thing is, Sean McVay is how old? Thirty six. He, he was is, hired by the Rams when he was the ripe age of thirty years old. He is thirty six years old. You are right. He could retire. He could go do broadcasting for three seasons and he could come back as a 40-year-old. He could coach then another six years. He could retire, go back to broadcasting for another three years, and come back as a 50-year-old. He could then coach for another five years, retire, go back to broadcasting. This guy has just the life set up for him. The success that he has had at at a young age is unbelievable. And I think, I I do think that he's, I'm leaning towards him walking away this offseason. I think it's going to happen. I think so too. And who could blame the guy? Uh, you already want to see. It feels very. We've seen we've seen this at times, right? When did when did John Madden walk away? I always forget. I'm checking Let it right now. Madden walked away. He coached from the Raiders from 1969 78. to 1978. He so was 103 and 32. That's absolutely insane. He won a Super Bowl in 76, and then he walked away after the 78 season. So he was 48? No, okay. uh, he was... He had to be young. 42. 42. He was 42 when he walked away. And think about it back then. It got like Sean McVay was hired as a 30-year-old. It was one of the most unprecedented things we'd ever seen, mm-hmm. right? There's guys in the locker room that are older than Sean McVay. A lot of guys. So... It just you go back to the John Madden route where like you you nailed it, Trevor. He can walk away. I think he's gonna love broadcasting. I really do. I think some guys do it because it's the thing to do, 
right? You right. make a ton of money. Oh, he's going to love it. Like, it hasn't worked out. It doesn't work out for some guys. Some guys do it, and they stink at it, and then they just walk away, and it doesn't work, or they don't they don't feel the same way about it as they did when they played, coach, whatever. He's going to be A1, just tremendous. But I agree with you that you go get a mega deal, probably get $20 million a year as a broadcaster. You do that, which is more than coaching. It's much less stressful. He's got a wife. Maybe he wants a family, all those things. You settle down for a little bit and do that, and you're still in the game. And then you'll you'll be the hottest head coaching candidate every year that you want your name floated out there by your agent. Yep. It's, or, or all of that, which is dream world and right in front of Sean McVay, or you can come back and coach whatever is left of this Rams team. There's just no way. There's no way. No, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's. Even if he loves football that much, being on the field with the headset on, mm-hmm. he should, he, he would be better suited to go somewhere else. Last game that we're going to talk about here on this show, Cowboys Commanders. Cowboys went in with a chance at the one seed, right? No. Yeah. No, I, like the tiniest chance, yes. But yeah, when... right, right. The card, the Cardinals would have had to beat the Niners. Cowboys would have had to win. Eagles Giants. would have had to lose. Yeah, yeah. So very so, unlikely. But now, either the whether it was the one seed or whether it was just the division, I can't remember. Um, they end up losing twenty six to six to the Washington Commanders. Connor, my what matters most. Um worried about the Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys play the Cowboys play the Buccaneers next week and we've joked about it. Uh the Bucks are a bad football team. The Bucks could absolutely be that da- beat the Dallas Cowboys next weekend in Tampa. I would be very worried about the Dallas Cowboys. They are so hot and cold. They really of are. an offense of an offense especially. I a lot of teams have their up and downs. But they are so hot and cold. It's yeah uh, it's they're 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 playing with fire here with with some of their um, downturns, and uh, I don't know what it's going to be for. I don't know what offense is going to show up next week in Tampa, but there's a legit shot that they could absolutely be a 12 win team and lose in the first round. There's a chance for sure. I, they looked flat. They never looked right in this game. Uh, I mean, I'll take the other side. I really liked what I saw from Sam Howell. Hell and yeah, I, baby. I. It makes you wonder. Was no ads Heineke in that little potential playoff run not the greatest thing for the Commanders? Because I feel like we should have saw a month of Sam Howell. It would have been nice. Would have been nice for them to see. And I get, I get why they couldn't do that. They couldn't put a playoff chase in the hands of Sam Howell. That's sure. not fair to him. It's not fair to the team. It's not fair to anybody. But in this one start from Sam Howell, if you just look at the box score, you go, oh, he went 11-19, 169 yards, one touchdown, one pick. And he ran for 35 yards and a touchdown. You go, eh, okay. You watch him play. Huge arm. Made a beautiful deep throw to Terry McLaurin in this game. His mobility brought a different dimension down in the red. And the guy has an energy that guys have always loved to follow. We saw it at UNC. I'm not saying Sam Howell's the future in Washington. But I'm saying... He should have got the Desmond Ritter opportunity where maybe you go into next summer and let Sam Howell compete with somebody. And I don't really see this Washington team doing that. I think they're going to be on a 
Derek Carr or Jimmy G or some nature of that. But probably depends who's head coach. Like, is Rivera? That's a really be, good point. That's like, a Rivera, really, really good point. If Rivera is still going to be head coach, Rivera is going to go into the season on the hot seat. So, like, is he just going to have to get a veteran quarterback in there? You know, he he might not have the luxury of just like going young. No, and they so whoever 16th. whoever yeah. so forget that right. But yeah, no, what mattered good. most to me is I, I liked what I saw from the Sam Howell experience good. in this game. Good. Because I think they have built an offense that should be Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson working downfield off of a tough play action run game featuring Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson and a tough offensive line. And I think Sam Howell is the best suited quarterback for that on this roster. And we saw one game. But I get it. Love the Sam Howell takes. Let us know what your takes are of every game that we talked about here this weekend, every game that you watch, whether you were a fan of the team or not, you could throw, you could certainly throw your draft takes into it as well. Just know that we're going to get a lot deeper into the draft takes for the Wednesday show. Once the order becomes absolutely final for the non-playoff teams, when green Bay and Detroit end up finishing their game, but let us know what you thought of this episode of the season of the playoff bracket as it finalized. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can let us know right below. Easy to comment there. Hit us up on Twitter as well at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor T. Rogers. You can hit us up on Instagram as well. I'm laughing because I thought about when Houston won that game. We got so many tweets from people who were just like, can't wait for the show, baby. So obviously we touched it on it a little bit here, but we're going to get into bears in houston uh in depth in where they're picking at number one and number two on the wednesday episode connor anything else before we get out of here no i think you covered it well i i am genuinely really excited for the the draft edition this week because we have an order now which is amazing we have drama at the top jared verse decided to go back to school which feels very olu fashanu to me uh Two potential top 10 guys didn't declare. I had them both there and do what's best for you. Um, Man, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's really exciting. It's our, it's our time to shine. Oh, it's a fun time of year. Always is excited for the Wednesday show. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. I'm Trevor Sikma. That's Connor Rogers. Thank you for watching and listening to the NFL stock exchange podcast. See you guys on Wednesday. 